Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy game show of answering questions and questioning answers. Tonight's theme is going to be Harry Potter. Hey! Yeah, so... Let's uh, let's meet our team, starting with the team to my left. Do we have a team name? Uh, yes, we are the Gringotts Student Loan Collection Agency. <laughs> okay. We're coming oh. for you. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of sad memories coming up for a lot of people in the audience. Yeah, a lot of current day, present <laughs> memories happening it's right now. It's magic. Don't worry, it's magic. <laughs> All right, and let's, and meet our, let's meet our individual uh, players, starting with the far end. Uh, my name is Sammy Tamimi, and I am the professor of <laughs> muggle studies with a speciality in video games. Okay. All right, Sammy, and next to Sammy. Hello, I am Sarah Costello, and I am the professor of ghost theory and history. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Okay. <laughs> People fall asleep. Uh, I am Professor Katie Kincaid, and I am the professor of student counseling because everybody has problems. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to solve them. And one more, that was Gringotts Student Loan Collection? Collections Agency. Yes. Agency, of course. <laughs> All right, and let's meet our team to my right. What was our team name? Our team name is Harry, Harry Potter's, Potter's Bowl, Bowl Cut. Cut. <laughs> oh, much nicer, I think. It's uh, just about being friendly. Just very, very friendly, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And let's meet our, our player starting uh, closest to me. Uh, hi, my name is Elizabeth Riggs, and I am a fifth-year Hufflepuff. <laughs> Nice. All right, and to her right. Hi, my name is Jonah Cooper, and I am the assistant to the assistant groundskeeper. (laughs) My name... Yoga, please, finally. My name is Eleni Sofajo, and I am a first-year Ravenclaw. Yes, represent. Yes, you are. Got a bright future ahead of you, I'm sure. (laughs) All right, let's start with our first question for Gringotts Student Loan Collection Agency. Now, when crafting the Harry Potter universe... Yeah, you like that picture? From the first movie, maybe? I don't know. He's in the uh, J.K. Rowling also created the wacky sport known as Quidditch. Now, wizard athletes ride brooms and bat balls around, all for none of it to matter, when someone can just catch the golden snitch and keep the plot moving. But however odd the wizarding world's favorite sport might seem, we muggles have come up with some pretty bizarre sports of our own. Just look at Finland and its sport known as Yukon Kanto. What is the objective of Yukon Kanto? What the heck is a quaffle? Where on earth a snitch? And why does this all have to take place on the freezing dish? Then ask me what the score is, because I just do not know. All right, Finland has the sport, Yukon Kanto. What is the objective of this sport? Uh, well, luckily, we've had some people stay overseas when they did their study abroad. Uh, Yukon Kanto is when it's kind of like Marco Polo, uh, except, uh, of course, the Finnish and the Swedish are on mis, moose, plural of moose, mooses. Mo- moosen. <laughs> moosen. Uh, and he goes, 
Yukon. Kanto. Yukon? Kanto. Yukon. Kanto. Okay. It's a perfect game. <laughs> I, I and this watch is that. this is until they find each other, or until yeah, the moose like is until they find the moose. Is well, they're all, they're all in white, and it's very easy to hide in the snow there. Mm. So it, the game does go on for quite some time. The moose is actually ever... an eight-week process. Yeah. They it ride works. the moose, mm-hmm. uh, so it's slightly shorter than uh, cricket. Only slightly. Yes, slightly. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke for my English listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so right, right here. <laughs> Okay, that's uh, fine. Yeah, fine. I like it, in fact. But I still think that Yukon Kanto might be the other thing. That we already know about because we all didn't study abroad. We just read about it. Okay, so you think they're they're lying? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Way too specific. Wow, wow, the Ravenclaw already snapping forward with her studies over there. (laughs) Just a first year. Come on. Is that a beak joke? Is that a joke about a beak snapping forward? Really? (laughs) This is a family show. Leave it to a Hufflepuff to get offended. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, Audience, if you hadn't picked a team yet, maybe you have now. (laughs) (laughs) What do we think the correct answer is? So, um, <laughs> honestly, we all know about it, so we can all tell you a little bit no. about it. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll go down the line. You start in the middle. Uh, down the line. <laughs> down the line, starting in the middle. Yugen uh, Kanto is the game where you can't count. <laughs> you yeah. can't counto. Is that no, what you're saying no. what it is? You can't counto? <laughs> Correct. So, so the it's first it. person to count loses. Nope. <laughs> we're not... We're not. It's We're not quite there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. I wasn't right. sure where I should stop for other people. I, know, I saw you trying to sure. clue me in, and I was like, <laughs> is he cluing me? Yeah, so, it's my turn. Yeah. It's because uh, it's they're trying to count um, fermented fish, which is the oh. um, national bird of yeah. Finland. Yeah, fermented fish is a national bird of Finland. <laughs> so it's they so um, cold in the snow. Yeah. They just dump a bunch of fermented fish and try to count it. And they can't. They just can't. It's so, it's it's so challenging. It also sounds like an eight-week process. It's about an eight-week. All games in Finland go for about eight, eight weeks. Eight weeks, yeah. Now the uh, actual answer it's uh, to carry a wife across an obstacle course. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Of why course. is wife in obstacle? Because wife it doesn't have quote. to be an actual wife. It just has to be like a woman, basically. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say for the audience at home, it does say wife in quotes. Uh, yes, it does. So because yeah. wives and women are. Oh no, they're not the same. You know what? They are not. Oh. Now that you say this, I do remember what this is. The way they carry the yes, wives. Yes, now that I've informed you of what it is, you do remember what it is. <laughs> there are no points given for Thank this. Thank you. Uh, exactly. They carry the wives like a backpack where the legs are up here and yes. their faces by their butt. That that is true. That is true. Yeah, it's held annually since 1992, <laughs> and the winning couple is awarded a prize of the wife's weight in beer. What? <laughs> so since 1992. Since not all the way back to 1992. <laughs> that's, to a, cons- that's when they started this. Apparently so. Okay, cool, cool. It's cool. not as ancient as you might think. Yeah. So they, oh, they do a mass weighing of this woman. <laughs> yes, out in public where everyone can see this how much every she nightmare weighs. I've ever had. This is really... Yeah. <laughs> and then they make them drink the beer immediately afterwards. That's right. All of the beer. Well, we added that. Yeah, and they get very drunk. It's fun. It's fun, yeah. <laughs> it's fun, okay? It's fun. Your wife is there. Your friends are there cheering you on. <laughs> a lot of quotes going on. You're winning. All right. This is for uh, Harry Potter's bowl cut. Uh, so we've, we've established that the rules of Quidditch make absolutely no sense, but another broom-centric game that makes no sense is curling, where two players fiercely sweep the floor to entice a rock with a handle onto a circle. Entice. All curling stones are made from a very specific 
type of granite mined from a single quarry in Scotland. For the last 10 years, this quarry has been for sale. Now, originally, it was listed at a bargain price of just 4 million euros, and over the next decade, dropped to nearly half that price. The location of the quarry is considered a Scottish landmark and is featured on Scottish money, yet despite the steep discounts and its fame and importance, no one has stepped up to buy it. So why doesn't anyone want to buy this Scottish quarry? Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jim, Cherie. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jim, Cherie. Good luck, we're a buff when I shake hands with All right, what do we think? Why doesn't anyone want to buy this quarry? Okay, okay, okay. We figured, we figured it out. Yeah. Oh, we, we did. This one was easy. Mm-hmm. We knew. We all knew. Eleni's going to tell you about it. Well, let me tell you. This, <laughs> this quarry is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And all, there were many buyers who tried to buy it. Mm-hmm. But they all kept sliding off because <laughs> it's... <laughs> because... Jonah, you can't laugh at your own teammate's answer. <laughs> I am <laughs> here to tell you why. I'm just it's laughing because at how- it's covered in sheep poop. So oh, it's covered in sheep poop. <laughs> yep, it's just covered as in, opposed to the expensive in, stuff. <laughs> no sheep. S <laughs> H. Well, sheep poop is oh, very sheep. affordable. It's very <laughs> affordable. Gotcha. Great for fertilizer. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying that the sides of the quarry and the lip around the quarry is covered in sheep poop. Sure, I believe that. Sure. However, uh, after the first death of a prospective buyer, <laughs> right. why wouldn't they clear off the sheep poop before showing the next buyer? Oh, they do. But there's a lot of sheep's poop in there. So it sounds like the source of the problem isn't necessarily the sheep poop. It's the it's the overpopulation of sheep, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I necessarily believe that. That's the part you don't believe? Yes. <laughs> Just sheep. So so everything else very logical. Too many sheep. Don't believe it. Uh, Underneath all the or on top of all the poop, I should say the island does look or the quarry looks very fluffy. So it's pretty cute. But oh. underneath that, it's very slippery. I, I have a quick question for the other team. Sure. What is uh, are any of you homeowners? Yes. No. Are you really, Jonah? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is like the worst apartment you've ever like looked at to, to rent in Chicago? Oh. Like, we've all have horror stories, but I'd mm-hmm. love to hear if you have one. I think it was the one covered in sheep poop. <laughs> <laughs> that was also had a slanted floor. Uh, were, are you saying that you were one of these prospective buyers? <laughs> There's no way to know. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you think they're telling the truth? Is it sheep poop? Is that the reason no one's buying this quarry? No, I think we have a we have the correct answer. You know, okay. here's the thing: there there has I, I understand that there have been a lot of deaths there, and that absolutely mm-hmm. is part of the problem. Reminder: Professor of Ghost History. Thank you. I'd like to explain to you why this quarry is horrifically haunted. <laughs> Lots of people have died in this quarry, and if you knew, if you were a professor of ghost uh, uh, history as I am, you would know that granite, much like limestone, is a conductor of energy and just kind of holds on. So every person that died, potentially slipping into sheep poop or maybe just, you know, calling it a day... Uh, <laughs> Their, their energy is still there and haunting anyone else who tries to buy it. Yeah, and it's I know a terrible for situation. I know for a fact that I, I visited New Orleans recently, and there yes. were there were property for sale, and on some of the properties, it did have a disclaimer said warning: this place is haunted, which is actually either a positive or a negative, depending on the buyer. But in our cases, it was a negative for this situation. Absolutely, a negative. Wouldn't it be easier in New Orleans to like label the houses that aren't haunted? Honestly, yeah, yes. it would be easier, but yet, Spencer, here they are. I would like to bid five points if Elizabeth will do a Scottish accent. Okay. 
Very Scottish. The it's hair coming. floor it's is coming. It's coming. Do you have five points to bid? <laughs> he's, he's bidding futures. Okay. How about I'll do it once you have some points to bid? Oh, bailed. Okay. Well, I didn't bail. I just made a promise for the future after I'm about halfway through this. All right. Check off Scottish accent. Can't wait. The uh, actual answer is it's just uh, it's useless. It's a useless island. You can't do anything with it. So it's located on an island off the coast of Scotland, and it's made entirely of granite. So while beautiful when viewed from a distance, you know, like the fluffy sheep you were talking about, uh, there's actually no way to build anything on the island or even connect it to the mainland. So it's basically just a useless quarry that no one wants. They don't want to make any more curling rocks? Like, we're full up? How many more do you need? I don't, like, I don't know. I thought maybe you'd do some research on that. Well, we could start throwing them out after every match. Oh, there you go, yeah. (laughs) We throw them into the crowd. Yeah, yeah, like, sign them and... Maybe it's good that no one will build anything on it. We can preserve it, like a nice piece of nature. Yeah, a nice piece of big old rock. Our team is really for that, and we're going to donate all the points we win tonight to keeping that as a national (laughs) animal. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Thank you. What a Hufflepuff. All right, Hufflepuff. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is the next question is for Gringotts Student Loan Collection Agency. In the world of Harry Potter, parcel tongues are wizards that can speak to snakes. You know who else spoke to snakes? Oh, jeez. Dr. Doolittle. That's right. <laughs> the creator of Dr. Doolittle, Hugh Lofting, was inspired by John Hunter, a distinguished doctor and scientist of the 1700s. Dr. John Hunter worked closely with animals to better understand the anatomy of humans and other vertebrates. Vertebrates? Things with spines. Sure. <laughs> I don't write my own questions. He was also big on self-experimentation. Dr. John Hunter would give himself diseases to learn about them and try to find a cure. Of course. So according to legend, what two diseases did Dr. John Hunter give himself? What do we think? What two diseases did Dr. John Hunter give himself? Uh, well, it's kind of heartbreaking. Uh, first, first off, he did something very physically rough to himself. He actually gave himself leprosy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was to find a cure, or at least a treatment. Uh, but the second one was like the most painful one. Yeah, the second one was actually the thing that took him out. It was the disease of a broken heart. Oh. Yeah, I know. We, we've, all, we've all felt it, but that, he felt it so much that he collapsed in his own kitchen because of it. The Not heart the of the house is the kitchen. Oh, I was oh. wondering what the connection yeah, was. <laughs> That's so cool. Honey, so he had, had wait, I, I got a question because he had leprosy and a broken heart, yes. and the broken heart killed him, we know. Well, he yeah. found the cure for leprosy. Mm-hmm. Broken heart, man. How, have you had your heart broken? He that, found a cure for leprosy? The cure being is the, is wait, it silver? Is a cure for leprosy? A lot, of <laughs> silver? a lot of silver. A lot of silver. Staying out of the sun. But he did not find a cure for a broken heart, but we do know some of the treatments, like Haagen-Dazs, sure. <laughs> binging Netflix, uh-huh. Staying underneath the blankets and farting a lot? <laughs> Is that one of them? Well, it works for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> we talked about poop and farts already, so we're going to just we're gonna move on. Uh, but, I, I mean, a broken heart is crushing. You can yeah. die from a broken heart. I mean, have you had your heart broken? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, consider yourself lucky. Wow. Wow, wow. You can get a it, vaccine for no it now, would... so like, it doesn't have to be a thing. <laughs> admittedly, Thanks to this man. <laughs> admittedly, a broken heart is very dangerous, as I'm sure many of us in this audience can say. Dangerous and horrible thing. However, that is sadly not what Dr. Doolittle died from. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle? 
the, the yeah, question you know. was not what he died from, by the way. No, but no, let him go. I am what diseases here. he gave himself? Well, Wait, I thought what? it was what diseases he, they realized he had when he died? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's what killed Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Our team's doing a cool oh, like, interpretive that Just that he gave himself. Want. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well... You can answer right. whatever question you want to answer. So he, he, he's a doctor. He's into animals. So he sure. gave himself mad cow disease. Duh. And then the other one that we said. Chicken, chicken pox. pox. Yeah, chicken pox. Oh, God. With, with a bonus round of syphilis. Just a little bonus round. He's just like, why not? It was gonorrhea and syphilis. Oh! So I will actually yeah, give you some points party. for that. You knew how to party. Never mind. But that wasn't for medical reasons. He just wanted syphilis. Yeah. Well, so he actually, he believed they were the same disease, which is what everyone at the time thought, until 51 years later when a better doctor proved otherwise. And that was Dr. Doolittle himself. Well, <laughs> to be fair, if you have gonorrhea and syphilis, you're going to die of a broken heart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's fair. I'll give you some points for that. <laughs> yes. All right. Harry Potter's bowl cut. Uh, Harry Potter may have been the OG Potter for children born in the 90s, but for teens in the 90s, they were more likely glued to the TV watching another Potter, Joey Potter from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Joey, yeah. Joey was the tomboyish girl who lived across the creek from the titular Dawson. In the first season of the show, Joey enters the Miss Windjammer beauty contest with the hopes to win money for college. What song does Joey sing in the talent portion of the competition? What song does Joey sing in the talent portion of the competition way back in season one? You're not going to believe this, but you should because it's the truth. Uh, he sang the national anthem of America. <laughs> who, who sang this? Joey Dawson. No, jo- Joey, Joey Dawson. Joey Potter, the female. Joey Potter. Joey Potter, played by Katie Holmes. Wait, yeah. who's titular then? Dawson. 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 Okay. Dawson and the Creek. And Creek. Chad Michael Murray. Joe, well, Dawson also sang it, but different episode. I just love that show so much. <laughs> so uh, for his talent competition, why'd uh, Joey go all in on uh, singing this song? Uh, patriotism. And because one of the judges was Uncle Sam himself. Oh, Uncle Sam was his in this Uncle episode. Sam. Yeah. Like, is it like a manifestation of Uncle Sam? or like No, it's the real one. It's it was the- zombie Uncle Sam. He came out. <laughs> yeah, season one of Dawson's Creek, they're really throwing a lot of stuff against the wall. We'll see what's stuck. They said, what works on television? We don't know. We're going to try it all. Well, it sounds like you are experts in the Dawson Creek TV show. What were yes. the, uh, some of the songs the other competitors sang in this competition to impress zombie Uncle Sam? National Anthem of Canada. <laughs> Oh, it was kind of a national anthem. Skies, that one. Oh, beautiful skies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that one go? Oh, beautiful skies. <laughs> oh, yeah, in America, I love them. They are so pretty. Look at the sheep rock. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> there it is. Oh, that's not that, an that America. classic American tune. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, you got some applause it. for that. I'll yeah, give you some points. Uh, what else? That's it. It was a short competition. Yeah. Everyone else had died of syphilis before they could get on stage. (laughs) Season one. Wow. Season one was crazy. Everyone died. They kind of did a reboot for season two, (laughs) and they brought back a new dot. (laughs) This one that couldn't get syphilis. (laughs) Uh, Do we think they're telling the truth? Was it um, the national anthem of America? Do you think we're telling the truth? (laughs) Do you? Uh, uh, Absolutely not, because I know for a fact what the song is. I hope that's true. Yes. So uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Joey came of Swedish descent. Yes. Yes, so uh, he absolutely sang the she, class. She, she, she absolutely off she, to a good start. She absolutely sang 
This is my favorite TV show, people. <laughs> and you all believe it. Um, she would absolutely say in the classic tune, Upside Down, Bouncing Off the Ceiling, by the A-teens. Are the A-teens from Sweden? Yes, they're a Swedish pop band that originated by singing covers of ABBA songs. Right. So that obviously would perfectly transition into Dawson's Creek. I think it's the same demographic. Uh, yeah, it was actually on my own from Les Mis. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I was so close. Katie Holmes singing on my own from Les Mis is a nightmare I have. <laughs> <laughs> on my own. She's like thinking about her divorce way ahead of time. Like, <laughs> Uncle Sam. <laughs> Dang. Just bringing it today. Oh, I would like to bid that five points from earlier. I'm still waiting for a Scottish rendition of on my own from Les Mis <laughs> now. Yeah, we, oh. The longer you wait, the more I'm going to lay on it. Wait, the longer I wait, like the more layers there will be to the accent? Yep. There'll be a dance involved later? Oh, if you want. I'll wait. Well, that'll be <laughs> oh, yeah. great material for the podcast to be released later. <laughs> like, <say> dance. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is for Gringotts Student Loan Collection Agency. Uh, Rubius Hagrid is the half-giant, half-wizard groundskeeper at Hogwarts. He's one of the first magical people we meet in Harry Potter and one of the first friends that Harry makes. Based on the description in the book, Hagrid is twice as tall as the average man and five times as wide. In the films, Hagrid's placed at eight foot six inches, an inch taller than Ukrainian Leonid Stadnik, who is considered the fourth tallest person to ever live. However, there is some discrepancy to that title. Why do some people think that Leonid Stadnik is not the fourth tallest person to ever live? Universe man, universe man, size of the entire universe man, usually kind to smaller man, universe man, he's got a watch with a minute hand, millennium hand, and a beyond hand, and when they meet, it's a happy land, powerful man, universe man. Uh, Spencer, the ladies immediately knew this one, I defer to the ladies because they, they locked it, they locked it down. Okay. Okay, uh, so obviously, why a lot of people think that Leo, Leonid, yep, Leonid, uh, <laughs> Leonid. why Leonid sure. Stadnik is not the fourth tallest person because actually, uh, little known fact, he is a very active user on Tinder, uh-huh. and it's a common knowledge that every man on Tinder lies about his height. Every single one, even mm-hmm. the four, potentially the fourth tallest person. Yeah, ever. him especially. Like, who flaunts around that title? He's really hurting the, the fact that he's not the tallest man ever. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's the fourth, it kind of makes him want to lie about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's really a tragic situation. A qu- quick question. So, is it a good strategy, though? Like, I don't use Tinder, but wouldn't it be good, a good strategy to be like, if I say I'm way tall, they'll know I'm lying. But if I'm just kind of tall, like, that's in the realm of truth. I don't think you can ask your team questions. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to get some tips here. I'm so sorry. It's going to have to be I'm desperate. Shipping. Help me. <laughs> yeah, we don't believe that. I, oh, oh. Oh, wow. So just right to, the, right to the oh, bunch, huh? Well, here's the thing. We've oh. had three different answers that are totally right over here. So. All three. Yeah, all three of them are correct. That sounds possible. They're all answers. correct. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Well, let's get on the line one more time. Start in the middle. <laughs> okay. Yep. And the start of the line's in the middle. And it, he's not the fourth tallest person because he's an immortal. And so they've actually, he's the other three people they measured that were taller than him. I, I see. So he's like the Highlander of height. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My really good and, and true answer is that they could not get him to take his shoes off anytime <laughs> they showed up to measure him. <laughs> I and see. He, they're like, dude, you've got to take your shoes off. And he said, no. <laughs> Okay, so not got Scottish. Go. Not Scottish. No, Ukrainian it accent. It wasn't. I'm just saying. No dance. We're dancing around the Scottish accent. And the uh, third reason? It's because one leg was shorter than the other leg. So sometimes it would just depend on what leg he was standing on to know what 
how tall he was. Sure. That's interesting. Uh, Spencer, I have a question for you. Yes. Since they took three shots at a correct answer, uh-huh. will they get three dings for three wrong <laughs> answers? <laughs> well, that's interesting, and I think the answer to that is yes. I think, I think okay, okay, okay. So if we're going to pitch out, points work. Uh-huh. What if instead we got points for creativity, um, poise, <laughs> Just kind of what a confidence. Puff. Right, I'll, I'll we hand like out, to put ourselves out there. I'll hand out an award for miscongeniality. <laughs> right. Wait, are we all competing against each other? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm coming. For hey, you. Spencer, uh, Rich in the booth here. Hi, Rich. Can I get a ton of points? Oh yeah. How many do you want? A ton. That's two thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Rich might pull away yeah. with the. He caught the Florida Gator. Now, considering I give up. Points in increments of fives and tens. It's going to be hard to catch up to 2,000, but right. I'm, I'm sure Rich. you all will figure out a way. We'll try. Uh, but uh, so far, you're off to a bad start because uh, Leonid Stadnik was actually never measured by the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, trick question. Yeah, he, uh, he refused. He had no interest in being in any record books. I think he was just self-conscious. Can't relate. Oh. He was so the he tallest. was on Tinder. Or he was <laughs> humble. Yeah, maybe he was humble. I think he was the tallest, and he didn't want people to know. Because then they'd come after him. I see. They'd come for his title. <laughs> yeah. right? That's how you get the title of tallest person in the world. You kill the tallest person before you. Yeah. That, exactly. I mean, that would work. Of... That would work. Yeah. That's what the oldest person in the world does. <laughs> that is, right. I mean, if, if you think about it, it is a little bit like the Elder Wand then. Tying it back, people. Tying it back. Oh, there it is. There will be no Harry Potter discussion in the oh. show. <laughs> All right. Harry Potter's bowl cut. In the movies, Hagrid is played by Scottish actor Robbie Coltrane, who was known prior to Harry Potter for his stand-up comedy and comedic films. One of those films is The Pope Must Die, a comedy in which Coltrane plays a low-level priest who is accidentally elected pope, and oh boy, do some hijinks ensue. Not everyone was on board with these jokes and japes, however, as the film's title caused controversy, with many TV networks and publications refusing to accept advertisements for the movie as they considered it offensive. At the last minute, the film's producers made a last-ditch effort to save the movie, and they changed its title. What was the title of The Pope Must Die changed to in order to make it less offensive? Is it too late now to say sorry? Yeah, I know that I let you down. Is it too late to say sorry now? All right, Harry Potter's bowl cut. What was the Pope Must Die changed to? Amazing. You guys are all going to remember this movie poster. Remember when we all went, when this came out? Sure. And saw it? We did. Well, what you saw on the movie poster, as did I, when I bought my ticket to AMC Theaters, not sponsored. (laughs) Thank you. Is... uh, the Pope mustn't die. He must live up to an appropriate age and, and be a, a, well, not a grandfather because he's a Pope, but, but he's also going to, uh, you know, have a good time and, and just age well. It's not going to get too many wrinkles. He's going to see his, I keep wanting to talk about grandkids, but you can't have any because he's a Pope. And they you know, sorry, I'm one sorry, really yeah. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm so close. I'm so close to the end and then there'll be a period. <laughs> okay. And he's just going to die peacefully in his sleep and God, and God bless him. God bless us, everyone, period. Sorry, I, I, um, <laughs> I, I tuned out for just a second. What was the title again? Cold 
Oh, let me the, tell the you. Okay. Yeah, let me, let me go, go for it. The Pope mustn't die. He just is going to live until a ripe old age and... Have, have a great, a great time, time with, with no, no wrinkles, wrinkles and, and one, one day, day die peacefully in his sleep. sleep. And I, I just want to keep talking about grandkids, but, but the Pope, Pope can't, can't have grandkids because he's the, the Pope. Pope. Period. <laughs> Period. <Okay. laughs> You know, I think what most people don't know, Spencer, is that was the, the second version of the title that they pitched. But that, oh, wasn't, that, right? that wasn't actually the final title. That, that, was, they, that was not that the final, said. final so title. So I, I appreciate you guys going through all the second title because um, it is, you know, laborious to say. But Thank it, you, and we will earn points for that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. You won't uh, believe how many. Yeah, here's the thing, because they, they printed a lot of promotional material already, so they didn't want to go ahead and reprint it, so they found a cost-saving measure. They found a better title. It was a little movie called John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> Anyone ever seen that movie? It was a it, yes. It, they rebranded the whole story. Yep. It was great. Instead of a pope, it was a very popular jock. It actually transitioned quite well. Like it was essentially the same storyline. Yes, and instead of you know three low-level priests who were you know conspiring, it was three very pretty women who wanted revenge. Mm-hmm. One of them was tomato, tomato. <laughs> You're kind of on the right track in terms of reusing the poster. Uh, the actual title was The Pope Must Die. No, you're what? kidding. You're kidding. I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you were. Uh, so, I mean, after their answer. Yeah, needless to say, uh, it was a box office flop. It had nothing to do with dieting or anything. Unlike John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm sure it's a good movie. Is this real? This is, this is a fact-based show. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> the Pope Must Diet. Let's all watch it. So that was a movie Screening. about fat shaming? I'm sorry. I guess I'm outraged right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get five points for being outraged? Sure, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, while we'll always remember Alan Rickman for his role oh. as Severus Snape, that's a pretty good impression of Severus Snape, right? right? I think we can all agree that by Grabthar's hammer, his best role was as Alexander Dane in 1999's Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, this is a good movie. This is a good movie. Galaxy Quest is a parody of Star Trek that's so good it was voted the seventh best Star Trek film of all time at the 2013 Star Trek convention. The movie follows the cast of a Star Trek-like show who end up actually going to space and facing off against actual aliens. The big bad guy of the movie is an alien named Saurus, an alien warlord who the crew, spoiler alert, eventually kills. Now, why was the character of Saurus named Saurus? Gringotts Student Loan Collection Agency. Why was the character of Saurus named that? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Go ahead. Uh, So uh, this movie is filled with lots of in-jokes. It is actually a very fantastic film. If you've not seen Galaxy Quest, it is amazing. Tony Shalhoub's in it. Tim Allen. uh, Ripley from Alien. (laughs) 
<laughs> I forget her name. Uh, John Rockwell. What's Sigour- his name? Sam Rockwell was in it. Sam Rockwell, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Yes. The audience, the audience said Sigourney Weaver a couple times, so like five points to the audience. Yeah. yeah I'll give five points to the audience. It's a great movie. Uh, however, SARS, SARS was made fun of because at the time, the disease SARS was going around, and it was from a sci-fi convention, was one of the spreading things. So... Uh, SARS, S-A-R-S, if you remember that, was going around in the 90s. I remember that. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, I have seen this movie somewhat recently, and if you know me, which today you do, <laughs> you know that anytime I see or read anything, it goes in one ear and out the other. So, well, that is not what so we I, hope to hear. So I retain all the information that I can. And what I remember is that this villain arrived on Earth and saw something and gave... Saurus? Oh, because I saw this. Yeah. That's exactly... That is exactly it. I do also want to say, sidebar here, we're called Harry Potter's Bowl Cut, and I realize that Harry is like hair, and he has an owl named Hedwig... Like a wig oh. and his hair. <laughs> and this blew my mind earlier. <laughs> um, that was a sidebar. So now you don't remember the answer that I gave. Which was correct and true and good. I That's think right. it was. I can't remember it, but it must have been correct and good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what is... Well, I'm, I'm, already, I'm moving on. So actually, he's right? named after a, uh, a film critic who ragged on one of the producer's earlier films. Yeah. So oh, film critic... Exactly Andrew, what we said. <laughs> oh, it was it? <laughs> it was. Okay, then I will give you some points for it. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, so basically, the uh, film critic Andrew Saris trashed producer Mark Johnson's previous movie, The Natural. So Johnson dunked on Saris super hard and named an evil alien after him. And when told of this, Saris reportedly responded, Galaxy Quest probably won't make enough money for me to sue for $10 million. But guess what, Saris? Joke's on you, dude, because they made $90 million. So now you're getting double dunked on by Let's Sleeping Dogs Lie. And sorry, what's that, Rich? Oh, he died seven years ago? Yeah, he died. Oh, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Did he ever sue? He never uh, He sued from beyond the grave, just like oh. Uncle Sam from uh, your oh. previous... Uh, remember when Uncle Sam was Zom- a zombie? Zombie Uncle yeah. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have like favorite cult movies, like the garbage movies? Like You're kind of embarrassed to say that you like... Evolution. Waxwork. Whoa. What was that? Waxwork. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. It's so good, you guys. It's a horror movie where like they go into a wax museum. Oh my and god, I know what that get, is. Like, mesmerized and they wander into the exhibits and then they like die or become part of the exhibit. It's so funny and uh, is it supposed highly, to be highly recommend. What is it supposed to be funny? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like a can. <laughs> if it's not, then they do a great job of failing miserably at horror. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's like a camp horror movie. Mm-hmm. And Jonah, you love Evolution, the old David Duchovny movie, right? Yep, and Mustaf, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, as a kid, I rented that from Best Video, our local video rental place. I don't know, maybe ten times. <laughs> That's not as many as I expected. Yeah. <laughs> they had a really good selection. It was only when I couldn't find anything else. I was like, I guess I'm renting Evolution again. <laughs> I used to. I worked at a family video for three years in college, and yes, they still do exist in your local suburbs. Oh. Uh, and I remember, like, on there had two for a dollar sections where essentially the movies that kind of got like 
shoved off the new release wall. We were like, we'll still keep you, but you're going to be two for a dollar for five nights. It's actually a really great deal. Two for a dollar is crazy. I know, right? Five nights, two for a dollar. And if you have the half-off membership, that means it's 50 cents for two movies. <laughs> and then it's, it's for 30 days. I, Do you still work there? I, internally, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but I remember that there was a movie that I watched and I rented called Pinocchio's Revenge. What? Oh, no. And it is about an evil Pinocchio that goes around and kills people. And it's... Who did he take revenge on? the whale just no just like just a, a family that picked it was like it was like a less successful annabelle uh, sure right. yeah the movie but, about uh, a haunted doll. but it was uh, it was pinocchio i highly recommend you go to your local <laughs> suburb oh boy. and go to a family video and look up pinocchio's revenge and ask them to clean it for you because it, it's an old movie and i'll probably skip in your dvd player <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad that it didn't make it a dvd i thought it might be a vhs <laughs> All right. Now we have a uh, another question for Harry Potter's Bolka, I believe. Is that correct? That's yeah. correct. Okay. Yes. Harry. Right. Butterbeer is a supernaturally delicious blend of cream soda, butterscotch, and butter. Right. Butterbean is a former boxer who made his name fighting <laughs> in tough man competitions, knocking out Johnny Knoxville, and making a cameo appearance in Carrot Top's Chairman of the Board, the number seven movie in AFI's top 100 comedies. What? No, I'm just kidding. Wait. Whoa. <laughs> I was going to have a personal, like, agita moment. I was like, no. No, but uh, at what point, Butterbean had his own TV show. At first, the premise sounds similar to a lot of other series, but this one had a small, clever take on the formula that was meant to sustain it through multiple seasons. So what was Butterbean's TV show, and what set it apart from the rest of the competition? Well, you're not telling us the genre? The what? The genre? Okay, then I just want to make that clear. What do we think? What was Butterbean's TV show, and what set it apart from the competition? Oh, man, you're going to love this true factual answer coming super, in hot right super now. Super real. So the thing that said Butterbean's TV show, the title of which doesn't matter, Oops. apparently, mm-hmm. uh, is that everyone's name was just two foods squished together, just like Butterbean. And so you had lamb shank and feta cheese. Uh, feta cheese and... Feta cheese and lamb shank are just two real foods. Okay, you know what? Those were the apple. stars, but it got real... Apple bacon. Uh, apple bacon. Okay. Apple bacon. Was it just the mailman that showed up one episode. Soup, soup lasagna. It was the guy that did the plumbing. One episode again. What type of show was it? it was Cake about, hat. It about, Fun. Hat's not a food. That's Cake. what you think. You're yeah. really desperate. That's what I thought. Yes. A leather hat is a food. Cool. Uh, Once again, I'm I'm a little bit confused. I know we're having fun with the names of things. Whoa. But, uh, but what was the show about? Was, yeah. What was the show about the again? It was uh, a sitcom. It was a sitcom. Think Full House, but everyone's name is two foods squished together. <laughs> was it one of those things where everyone had a name with two items squished together, but they never addressed it? Oh, yeah. It was just a regular old show, but yeah. everybody had two food names. Could, could, in, in most scenes, the dad was called dad, but oh. then every up. You know, every season or so... When he talked to an adult... He would talk to an adult, and the adult would say... Orange, orange peel. Yep. <laughs> orange peel. You know, I, this is almost sounding familiar, but I can't be sure if it's his show or not. Could you give me, like, the plot of one episode? Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So the first episode, they actually go to a grocery store. Sure. They do? Nothing to do with the name thing. They just have to go. And they're, they keep caught, but they do keep calling out for the different groceries that they need from different parts of the store. So they'll be like, oh, 
Um, <laughs> like apple bacon. Yeah, oh, apple bacon. <laughs> right, right, right. And then they grab apple bacon. And they're like, no, I'm looking for my mailman. Or Right, <laughs> right, because people keep getting the groceries oh. mixed up with the food. Oh, Elizabeth, this is like, if, if it was in the 90s, they probably had lots of, you know, celebrity cameos. Could you mention some of the cameos that were done? Madonna And their there. character names? Madonna. Madonna was Madonna. there. Her name was Hambone. And... <laughs> And yeah, wouldn't you know it, Christina Aguilera was there, but she was just a kid. And and Kathy Lee Griffin. And Kathy Lee Griffith. Tipper was there. Gore. Tipper Gore what was their, there. What were their names? Apple Gore was the name. Tipper Gore's name is Apple Gore. Good. It wasn't a great show, you guys. It didn't even have a full season. It had three episodes. And Butterbean was the dad, or? Butterbean was They got a um, lot of father. celebrity walk-ons for those three episodes. Yeah. Could, could you describe what Butterbean looks like? Okay, so imagine... Beautiful. Uh, kind of like you start with a bean. Round and round and um, and also. <laughs> you honestly could just stop with round and you'd be right. That's what I said. Beautiful. <laughs> Butterbean is beautiful. Really great that's personality. Not, it's not. That's my objective opinion. No, it's not an objective. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's beautiful. It's not objective. Just it's just a fact. Facts are objective. <laughs> yeah, facts are objective. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth at all? I, I think it's actually, no, I know it's false because I was, once again, just like Dawson's Creek, and it was my second favorite show. Mm-hmm. No, it, okay. and the, it, it went a little bit like this. It was, was kind of like the original diners, drive-ins, and dives, mm-hmm. except instead of just going around, being Guy Fieri, and going around and trying different uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives, he went around to different local eateries that had specific meals that only included butter and beans. Very niche, which is only why it lasted one season, yeah. um, but it was it was successful in it for its very very specific demographic it targeted. And the shame is is that they set aside the other idea that he would also get into fights at these places. They set aside yeah. what? The, the idea that he would get into fights after eating. Oh. Yeah, big big MMA fans love it. <laughs> they love this show. You're definitely supposed to wait like 30 minutes to fight after eating. <laughs> Tell yeah. Butterbean didn't care. Tell that the Butterbean. Butterbean didn't play by the rules. Uh, I am glad both teams knew that it only lasted one season because it was not a, a good show. The show was called <laughs> Big Law, Deputy Butterbean. <laughs> oh, no. So much better than so, anything it, we no, it wasn't. Yeah, so it was like, like cops or Dog the Bounty Hunter, the show would follow Reserve Deputy Butterbean and a team of police officers as they busted criminals. The twist on the formula, this is actually kind of cool. Each arrest, they'd offer a plea deal with little or no jail time as long as the criminal gave them a lead on a bigger criminal. The next episode, they would follow that lead and so on until they busted the heads of major crime organizations. What? Giving them years of increasing stakes and bigger criminals to bust. Or at least that was the plan because apparently very few drug dealers and gangsters want to rat on their bosses on national television. (laughs) So they actually got fewer confessions than normal and the show was canceled after one season. It sounds like a pyramid scheme. Can you imagine being arrested by someone who is named Deputy Butterbean? (laughs) There's nothing more just like shameful and demeaning than looking into the eyes of Deputy Butterbean as he arrests you and puts you away. Beautiful. Do you think he had a catchphrase? Like he had to have a catchphrase. Beautiful butterbean. You've, you've just been. Elizabeth, for five points, would you sing in a Scottish accent? <laughs> Deputy Butterbean's catchphrase. Sing a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. In a Scottish accent. Yeah, but, do, Deputy Butterbean's catchphrase. Which, which is beautiful butterbean. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh. <laughs> I, it was a small vocal warm up. You might need to say say a sentence to get yourself into it before you sing it. We'll give you that. Yeah, find the accent first, then you can yeah, sing. Yeah, we're not going to make you just say it outright. 
Oh, I see you're taking out the washing a short time ago. Oh, Deputy Butterbean whipping your booty right into shape, and here's a plea deal, and here we go. Someone in the audience just covered their face. <laughs> at, at first, I thought it was pretty good, and then I decided it wasn't. Okay, 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 I'll do it, okay. Here's the thing. Never promise quality. What did I promise? A that, good time. Yes. yes. I was already promised points Wait, by the opposing team. That's and true. I you were promised points. I would like for it to come out of their till. They, yeah. yep. Absolutely. I'll take will. it. I'll take it. I will consider that points. a Scottish adjacent accent. Yeah. So Irish. <laughs> yeah. Why are we going to put the Scottish accent in a box? The Scots are a beautiful people. Oh. I actually am Scottish, part of the Fraser clan. Maybe you're familiar from Outlander. So you're letting not. your people down right now. No, <laughs> what I'm saying is, in a way, maybe I have a Scottish accent. I'm Scottish. That's an interesting way to look at that. In a way, I've been doing it the whole time. So maybe five more points for that? Okay, fair enough. You got it. <laughs> All right. Gringotts, Deputy Butterbean. Gringotts Student Loan Collection Agency. This yeah. is uh, your last question for oh, tonight. We're already to the end. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah. Now, so in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, one of the better books and by far the worst movie, Harry once again cheats his way to success by copying an answer from the margins of a potions textbook that says, just shove a beezor down their throats. <laughs> A bezoar is a stone made out of calcium and undigested hair in the digestive tract, and for centuries was believed to cure even the worst poisonings. But a 16th century scientist named Ambrose Perre doubted this. He conducted an experiment that concluded bezoars did not, in fact, prevent, uh, prevent all poisonings. Surprisingly, Perret's subject for this experiment—excuse me, his ex- uh, subject for the experiment—was more than willing to drink a variety of poisons as part of the test. Who was Perret's test subject? Who was Perret's test subject? It was the reigning royalty at the time in England. Mm -hmm. It was Prince George I. Because at that time, obviously, a lot of antipathy towards the royal family, so they would want to strengthen themselves against poisoning. So he was taking a Dread Pirate Roberts, like... Attempt to like keep himself from being poisoned, like getting a vaccine, but with poison kind of. Was it the Dread Pirate Roberts who drank a lot of poison? He slowly took iodine yes. powder, Wesley, until he was immune to it, and he won against a Sicilian with death on the line. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, he sure did. What? What a Hufflepuff, Jesus! <laughs> I love just study. <laughs> Do you have any questions? So yeah, that was actually a question way before I started talking. Uh, what did King George the First look like? Oh, he was a beautiful man. God, he was gorgeous. <laughs> beautiful and round. Oh, is that an You're describing Butterbean. Yeah. <laughs> he was robust. Uh, Common mistake. Full head of ginger hair. Cool. Yes. Uh, I only know him from historical, uh, rec- not recreations, but illustrations of him. Like when he was older, mm. as you know, he slowly went mad, the madness of King George. And because uh, he was relieved or kind of put aside as a king, it's the Regency period, the Regency period of England. Yeah, so like a little bit more of a wild-eyed Danny DeVito that you're trying to describe. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is good. Uh, so, again, what was the thought behind I want to drink poison and then test it with this bezoar to see if I will live or not? 
because he wanted to prevent himself from being poisoned. So he's like, he's poison crazy. Me, poison me. It's crazy King George the First. <laughs> this is like one of the symptoms that he was going crazy. Yeah, he just didn't mm-hmm. trust anyone around him. Just had to keep like microdosing himself with poison until Which he honestly, built up an immunity. Can you blame him? I mean, can't. No, yeah. You should have yeah. led with microdosing. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, microdosing uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that anybody knows what microdosing is up here. <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. I do. I'm all not right. going to say it. But okay, I do we not. all know what it is, so is that five points? <laughs> I do. I can say it. Do we want me to say it? I mean, I said it? it first, so I think that's 200 10 points. 200 points, and I'll say it. Microdosing? Wait, does the most points get to whoever says microdosing the most? Because I can say microdosing no, no, a lot. Microdosing, first microdosing, microdosing. microdosing. Uh, this is crazy. Everyone just lost 10 points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do we think that's on the truth in uh, any regards? No. 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 A king wouldn't do that no matter how crazy he was. Okay. And our alternate answer is that it was his... Wife. <laughs> his quote-unquote wife. The one that he would throw over his shoulders in an active sport. And then, yeah, win a, her weight yes. in beer. Yeah. Uh, well, it was uh, actually uh, his co-worker, a, uh, a chef. Who so he married. He, well, it, was, it was actually King Charles's chef, so royalty was kind of on the right track, so maybe I'll consider giving you some points. <gasps> so let me, let me tell you a little story here. So as part of the uh, court of King Charles IX, Perret was the top surgeon. One day, the king's chef was caught stealing silver and sentenced to die by hanging. Perret convinced the king to instead let him poison the chef and attempt to cure him with a bezoar stone. If the chef died, the sentence would be carried out as intended, but if he lived, he would be granted a full pardon. And unfortunately, Perret was right, and the bezoar did not save him. But hey, now we know. Wow. So they really learned something. They kind of strung him along. The wheels of justice move in mysterious ways. Food pun. (laughs) Thanks, Sammy. (laughs) <laughs> Harry Potter's bowl cut, here is your last question. Okay. okay. In Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the trio of heroes receive gifts from Dumbledore to aid in their quest to vanquish the Dark Lord. Right. Hermione receives the Tales of Beetle the Bard, a book of fables for wizards. Mm. Now, not only is it Dumbledore's copy, but it's the original manuscript, mm. which even in a world of magic must be worth a pretty penny. Original manuscripts of any kind, fictional or non-fictional, are coveted by rare book collectors across the world. In 2017, what manuscript or book was sold at auction for $35.8 million? So back in 2017, what manuscript or book sold at auction for $35.5 million? Well, the answer is simple. It was Shakespeare's first folio, the entire series, the complete works. In the first folio. Of the first folio, yes. So what, uh, I'm not a huge Shakespearean uh, scholar or fan, to be honest. <laughs> could, you, could you name some of the lesser known works of Shakespeare that were, it would be found in this complete folio? King John. Uh, Troilus and Cressida. Um, These sound real. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They are, are Doctor Doolittle. Thank you. Uh, hmm, that was one. What was the name of the island quarry? That is a Shakespeare play as well. Um, this is just a moment about callbacks. We're gonna crush you. <laughs> Julius Caesar. I guess that one's kind of well known. Antigone. That's an ancient Greek play, but it, Shakespeare <laughs> redid it. Shakespeare. Well, Shakespeare redid it. Oh, wait, so Shakespeare. Antigone Cohen, Shakespeare's Hot Hot Remix. 
<laughs> that Christmas Carol? That is it. If that one was a musical. A Christmas Carol? Shakespeare covered a Christmas Carol? Yeah, he's, wow. yes. he's crazy. <laughs> what, other, what other famous wow. works did Shakespeare cover yeah. and make his own? Well, Shakespeare covered the Spice Girls. Oh, amazing. A hundred percent wrote them after they were born. Yeah. Pride and, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> it, was called, it was called Ye Spice Lass. <laughs> Oh, wow. Ye Spice, Ye Spice Lass. Lass. Just one of them. I, he didn't understand there's more than one girl. Thou art shaking it to the left <laughs> and steppeth to the righteth. Right. Yeah. So we copyrighted that already. Uh, how, did he, uh, we copyrighted it. how did he fit into iambic pentameter? Zika, zika. Ah. I think that is just iambic pentameter. <laughs> My dear, I would like to zig. <laughs> And now I shall take a zag. <laughs> this is like a theater exercise. <laughs> and now I shall take off my wig. Ah. And you and Harry Potter five points shall have. Zig a zig ah. Okay, well that's very interesting. She rhymed it, so. Do we think they're telling the truth? Is it uh, Shakespeare's first folio? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It sounds no, pretty good, no. but what do you think the real answer is? Uh, well, obviously, something that would capture such a price as $35.8 million has to be the original Odyssey. As set forth by uh, Homer? <laughs> Correct. Bound. I was going to say Iliad. By Homer, Homer Bound. Bound. Right. Homer Bound. Homer Bound, Very the best of the all stories. Yeah. It is worth $35.8 million. It is a story of a cat and a dog. Two dogs. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And the cat wants to be a dog. Who is to judge? Mm-hmm. And Medusa's in there somewhere. <laughs> no, it was uh, a copy, as we said, the Odyssey. Yes. Yeah. So, like, one of the oldest written things that we have in all of human history. I think it was etched Would in just, stone. Yeah, yeah that's why it was, the original yeah. manuscript, it was also in stone. Yeah. So they were Etch, telling stories. Etched, etched, etched in stone, you say? It would only go for $35.8 million. We should have well, combined resources. If, the shipping cost is not there. What if, yeah. it was, what if it was etched in gold, like some gold plates? What if it was the original Book of Mormon? Whoa! Written by Joseph Smith. It went for $35.8 million. Oh, I, I was going to say, Did the, a Mormon the creators buy? of South Park really raked it in, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's not wow. bad for a work of fiction. It's pretty good. <laughs> hey, Spencer. I, yes, I was. <laughs> same, same as question is, weren't, weren't you raised Mormon? The answer is yes, I was. And uh, it's a pretty fun book. A lot, of, a lot of fun stories in there. It's a real romp. It's a real romp through, uh, romp. through North America and you know, when Jesus visited North America in those three <laughs> yeah. days when he was dead. Isn't there yeah. a slide in there? I'm is sorry? Come, is he going to come back on a slide? Yeah, he comes did, down on a did, slide. Didn't they build a slide? A in slide? In California? No. To receive Jesus back? Is I, this the Mormon? Whoa, I don't wait know if minute. you're being serious or not. No, I gotta read this here. book. <laughs> so, you, so you're saying the Mormons built a giant slide for Jesus to ride down on in California? <laughs> to come back. To come back. I would uh, like it, to, come to back go on this slide. That's why Jesus hasn't come back yet, because there's not <laughs> a slide bad enough for him to return. Jesus is going to come back. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a question. I think we all do. You're saying that Jesus can't, he has to land on a slide to come safely back to earth. He can't just apparate. Listen. Apparate. Jesus can do whatever he wants, but he's a man of style. It's for a celebration. Jesus is going to come back during Lollapalooza. (laughs) Mark my word. On a slide. He'll be the opening act. He'll be the only act. Here's the thing. I heard this story from my dad. And my dad is a fun guy. So who can say? So he's just pulling your leg about the Mormon religion. I, do, I don't know now. Everyone's looking at me weird. 
Well, let's it's get your hard. dad on the phone, and in the meantime, we'll uh, tally up some points here. It's a pretty, uh, pretty close game. Uh, so uh, hey, hey, Spencer. Yes, Rich. Remember how you gave me a, a, a ton of points earlier in the oh, game? Oh, you know what? Two thousand. I, I do remember that. So actually, uh, well, what? Well, I, I can't just keep all these points to myself. You I wanna, feel bad. You want to donate them to charity? I, wa- I want to divvy these points around. Interesting. What do you want to do, Rich? Well, I want to give two hundred fifty points to you, Spencer, for the bang up job you're doing tonight. Everyone, oh, give it up for Spencer. Oh, yes. Wow, that was so nice. <laughs> so nice. Uh, I would like to give 250 points to our bartender, Nico. Oh, yeah. For keeping everyone sauced up all night. I'd like Woo. to give 250 points to this wonderful audience. I think that's fair. Give it up for yourselves. A little less applause for themselves. Believe in yourself, gracious, guys. They're gracious. They're that humble. brings up to, humble. them up to 255. It does bring them up to 255. 250 points to Neville Longbottom for bravery to stand up to his friends. <laughs> and for yes. that glow up, uh, Neville Bottoms. Neville Bottoms. Oh, Neville's Bottom, so Neville Neville bottom ain't bottom. long anymore. Yeah. So you still have 1,000 points left. Uh, 250 points uh, to our Apple Podcast reviews, where you, everyone here can go and leave a review on the podcast version of this show. Okay. Five stars only. Uh, 250 points I will keep. Okay, fair wow, enough. Wow, wow, wow. And 250 of, uh, uh, 500 points left? I yes, you do have 500 points left. This is a good bit. 250 points a piece to each of the teams on stage. Wow. Oh, oh thank you so much. Wow. Thanks. That was so generous. Yep. Thank the you race for, for the house cup. neutral donation. Yeah, that's right. You actually didn't affect the point totals in any way, except you just made yourself lose. So that, that's interesting. That's an interesting tactic. <laughs> yeah, it's what I feel most comfortable and with. And you made me do a lot of math right now, so I'm actually going to take away more points. You're in the negatives. Whoa, okay. Oh, oh no. Wait, you, he gave yourself 250, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so All right, fine. You have 240 now. Yep. While he's po- tallying the points, uh, I think Elizabeth was making the point. Neville Logmanum, the actor who plays him. Um, so wow. handsome. Super hot now, oh, guys. Beautiful. He's a smoke we, show. We stand, Neville. We stand. We do. Objectively beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fact. I say that about all of you, but too. But also factually. <laughs> now, at the end Neville of the game, I, uh, I do have a, uh, some point totals. Now, Harry Potter's bowl cut, you would have won with 325 points, but I believe you donated them to the, uh, the stone quarry from back in the beginning of the game. <laughs> Only after we win do we donate. <laughs> Too late. Oh, so you're holding, we can't donate we if we said, don't win. You're holding yeah, it hostage. All points Wait. that we win, uh-uh. yeah. we all donate. All points that we win, right. we, donate. we donate. Well, unfortunately... we lose, uh, we don't donate a thing. I, 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 don't, I don't negotiate with terrorists, which means the Gringotts Student Loan Collection Agency wins with 290 points. Yay! I want to thank both teams. I want to thank the audience here, everyone at home. Thank you very much. Have a good night, everybody. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is recorded in front of a live audience every Monday at 8 o'clock, right here in Chicago at the Comedy Sports Theater. If you'd like to see the show live, go to cszchicago.com and use the promo code FETCH for half off your ticket price. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, Connor Doyle, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Mandy Sellers. Hosted by Spencer Hamilton. Our panel this week. Katie Kincaid can be seen performing at I.O. Chicago with her team Stable Manners, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Sarah Costello can be seen at Second City performing Normal Activity, a spooky Halloween solo show on October 10th, 17th, and 24th. Elizabeth Riggs performs with her improv teams, Ripley and Scooch. Eleni Sovajo can be seen streaming online at twitch.tv slash it's Mike Eleni time. She can also be heard on the Neo Scum podcast, 
For more info, go to neoscum.com. Jonah Cooper performs at CIC right here in Chicago and can also be seen streaming at twitch.tv slash hi Jonah hello. And as always, Sammy Tamimi can be found all around Chicago, performing, directing, teaching, and being a nerd. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcade audio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.